0: You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott.
1: Welcome, listeners, to episode ten of the Toolstation Western League Podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I am delighted to be joined on the line by the editor of the Western League Bulletin. It is, of course, Tom Hiscott. Hello, Tom, how are you?
2: Uh, yeah, not not too bad. Um obviously not not brilliant, but yeah. Not not awful, so <laughs> yeah, somewhere in the middle. How about yourself? How you?
1: How you how was your weekend?
2: Well, a bit, bit boring, if I'm honest.
1: <laughs> yes, I. A bit,
2: bit, I'm, bit quiet. At least it was dry. That would be the only positive I would say.
1: <laughs> I know it did feel a bit empty, didn't it? We've had so yeah. much football to enjoy over the last couple of months that um, I, um, you know, I, I, I found myself sort of sat in the house twiddling my thumbs a little bit. Mm. And I, I think yeah. that from looking at social media, quite a few people in the Western League, you know, felt the same way. Really, it, it's funny how. You know, football—what an important part it plays in our lives in terms of our weekly routine. And um, you know, I I think that that's the thing that people realise, you know, in these lockdown situations, which we're becoming accustomed to, what sort of impact it has on all of us. Which is, of course, um, the reason that the Western League started to think of a fan campaign, and um, uh, and that is a campaign that we will be returning to in this in this second lockdown, Um, but hopefully offering a bit more. Uh, advice when it comes to what fans can do uh, or players or managers for that matter can do um, when they're feeling a little bit down. Um, There is a uh, a website uh, called Every Mind Matters, which is um, being run by the NHS. If you Google Every Mind Matters, uh, that will um, take you through some very easy questions that will give uh, some advice, some very basic advice. But I think that you know the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. So for anybody who is feeling a little bit down at the moment, that's certainly one thing that you can do um, to try and get yourself back on track. Anyway, fortunately, we still do have some football to talk about, um, no. Tom. No. Um, we we don't we no, we don't normally pay too much attention to the midweek um, fixtures, but we're going to. And we're going to do that for this episode of the podcast. And uh, uh, the theme for today is very much that three is the magic number. That's because we're going to hear from the managers of the sides that are in third place in their respective divisions. Richard Luffman, the, uh, the manager of Cribs, and Ben Redford, um, the manager of, of Town. Those are our guests um, um, this week. So we'll, um, we'll start off then by looking at the games played on Tuesday the 3rd of November and we'll, we'll kick off in the Premier Division where um, Tavistock recorded another good win, this time away at Brislington.
2: Yeah, fourth fourth consecutive win uh, they take into lockdown with them. A um, couple of goals uh, from both Liam Prynne and Josh Grant helping them to a 4-2 win away at Brislington. Uh, Tavistock, yeah, looking looking pretty good. Um, uh, it was uh, Prynne who put them ahead pretty early on before an own goal. Uh, leveled, leveled affairs, um, but then yeah, both of them scored uh, around the half-hour mark, made it made it three-one uh, pretty early on, and yeah, they didn't really didn't look back from there. Uh, Grant scoring a second midway through the second half and uh, wrapping up the four-two win away at Brislington.
1: Well, another side that's going into lockdown in good form is Westbury United. They picked up another three points on the road this time away at Chipping Sodbury Town.
2: Yeah, yeah, not not the easiest place to go, I don't think. So a uh, good 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 win. Um, good win for Westbury. Um, uh, goals one, one in either half uh, from Ricky and then Steve Holbert. I think the, the brothers uh, both both chipping in with uh, yeah with, with goals in this one. Chipping uh, Sudbury managed to to get one um, pretty late on, but they weren't able to to force him an equaliser, and it was Westbury who took home the three points.
1: Now, our next match features Cribs. And um, I think, I, you correct me if I'm wrong, Tom, but it feels <laughs> to me like Cribs have gone a little bit under the radar this season. They've um, they put a very impressive string of results um, together going into this game, and another win, this time at home, to odd down.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they are doing well. Uh, a 2 tuna win yeah, <laughs> to finish, finish their run of form. Um, they've done exceedingly well at home, I think, from memory. I think if I quite a few, uh, a, a lot of long run of home games and i think pretty much were victorious in all of them so uh, a real turn since uh since yeah since the start of october i think it is i think they've had five or six home games won all of them and uh, yeah this was the latest one of those the tuna win uh, over odd down uh, goals from steve murray and dan webb um yeah they've really really turned it around and yeah sit sit towards the top of the table as we can see
1: well, there's a new man at the helm at Cribs, Richard Luffman. We've not spoken to him on the podcast before, so it was great to get a chance to speak to Richard for the first time as we head into lockdown. Seven games unbeaten they've had um, going into this enforced uh, in break, and uh, I started off by saying to Richard, really, this lockdown couldn't have come at a worse time.
0: No, I'm not come at the worst time for anybody at the moment. It's um, we just started to get a bit of a flow of, of fixtures. Um... Even the sides probably don't in the best of form. I don't think anyone wants to be locked down again for a month and, and no football. Um, you know, it's uh, we were just starting to enjoy ourselves. I think everyone was getting in the flow of the games. The injuries seemed to have died off. I think everyone got used to uh, playing football again, and the injuries have died off the most sides by the looks of it. And, um, yeah, disappointing. But, no, it's, it's, it's what the government felt was right to keep us safe. And, you got know, I respect those opinions. And I think it looks likely with, with sort of the last couple of days in the news that, Hopefully, it's just four weeks, and we can get going again in, in December.
1: You, you played midweek, um, and that was after the lockdown had been announced. Um, although it was scheduled for Thursday, I mean, did you have any concerns about playing before that, knowing that you know the rest of the country was going to be told it needed to stay at home from from Thursday?
0: Uh, not particularly. No, I, I think um, I think it's uh, it's obviously prevalent that that, that we've done something. Um, I don't think we're any more at risk now than what we were. Back in January, February, and March, before we knew what this virus was, and, and playing then really, and I think you know the protocol, certainly we have, um, keeps most people safer outside for the majority of, of the time, and and when we're not, it's limited numbers in terms of what's at the change room. I think mean, if you look at the stats, what uh, is the sort of percentage of cases that have been caused by sort of football and non-league, it's very very minimal, and. Yeah, no, I think we all feel quite comfortable and I think when it starts again in December I think we're all geared up for for the safe return and, and fingers crossed we get that really.
1: I mean, you mentioned the protocols there that have been put in place. I mean, they've obviously made everybody's lives um, harder, you know, in your in your position because we know about the restrictions with changing rooms and obviously travel to the games has become more difficult and training as well. So, do you think that there's an element that this season in particular, those clubs that have been able to adapt best to this new normal, do they? Do you think they have an advantage?
0: Yeah, I, I, you know, I, it's not a question I've been asked before or thought about, to be honest with you. But I, I guess so. I mean, it's, you look all the way through from from Premier League football all the way down. There, there has been a change with, with football and you know the the, the the protocols that are put in place. Um, I think I think the majority of you know majority of the lads that play at our level are sort of late teens through to sort of early thirties. I don't think most of those are phased by what's going on particularly. Um, but yeah, I suppose it's, it's a good question. I mean, certainly we're fortunate. Croods is, is, is a wonderful facility and, you know, we've got access to, to two big changing rooms that, that allow us to social distance. And, you know, we went to to Wellington and, you know, and that's a completely different setup. And, and whilst they're doing a really, really good job of keeping it, keeping everyone safe, it's, they haven't got the room to work with. We're, we're an advantage that we're not as, you know, we're not as, as harmed by it as, as potentially some of the other clubs, but, um, yeah, I think most people, once you get out over the white line, I don't think you're thinking about that bit too much.
1: Well, you've had 15 games to play over the last two months, which would be quite an effort under normal circumstances. But you're, you know, the, looking at your results, the squad appears to be coping well.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't know many of the players. I say many. I didn't know any of the players before before joining the football club. So we also played 11 preseason games, which is something that I've never done before. Um, you know, we wanted to get a good look and give everyone the right opportunity to play so yeah we've had 26 games in three months um, and I think including pre-season we've only lost five or six of those so you know it's been a, it's been a tremendous run of form. mate the, the difficulty that we had and you can look at it sort of two ways really we we, we lost four games in a row we went away to to Park Park away to Chichester with the FA Cup away to Bitten and away to Westbury and we went there with, with a real depleted squad for all four of those now you you can you can look at that. Would those results have been different? Had we have other players? But on the flip side of that, they were always going to be tough fixtures, and and we were fortunate that the majority of our players were available for the the games where I suppose we would be expected to get something from. So I think it'd be interesting when the return games against you know Parkway and Bitten and, and those types of sides, to see if we can bridge that gap because there was a gap in the two games um, to, to get a little bit closer to them. But we're, we're certainly pleased with with the start that we've made and I think we've got a very, very good squad of players and, you know, the, the the group seems to be really, really enjoying it. I'm certainly enjoying my time at the football club and, yeah, it's, um, I think we're, yeah, like, like I keep saying, I just can't wait for December really in. And...
1: I mean, Well, despite that difficult run of results you're talking about, you currently find yourselves third in the table at the moment. And one of the big debating points in football as we wait to get back playing is what happens if the season can't be completed on the pitch. Uh, do you have a preference for how you'd like to see this season concluded?
0: Well, I, obviously I was one of the ones that was, was affected dramatically by it at the back end of last year. By my old team were were by far and away you know, leaders of the Wessex division and we were on course for a promotion to the Southern League and the first time the club had ever got there. And And we felt um, that obviously points per game was, was the right thing to do. Um, we played a vast majority of our fixtures. We only had seven league games to go. Now, I know the Western League was different to that, but I still think when you look at the Western League, the two sides that, that probably would have been promoted are still up there and challenging. I mean, Parkway were have had to do another another season at this level. And in my opinion, although they only played, you know, half of their league fixtures, it was better giving them promotion alongside Bradford um, than it would be to to give nobody promotion and to allow the you know, the lesser sides who are all still struggling down the bottom end of the table. I think it's the right thing to do to do points per game. Um, I think it's ridiculous that we're... Fifteen games into a season for some sides, and and we still don't know what could happen um, coming the end of the season. I, I think it should have been sorted long before now. It should have been started before a ball was kicked. To be honest with you, and we should be having these discussions.
1: You have mentioned there that um, you've, um, you know, this is your your first season in the Western League. Um, so, of the teams that you've played so far, which which ones have impressed you the most?
0: Oh, there's just tremendous. There's some really, really good sides. i you know, I think. We've not had an easy game yet. We've had some, some games where we've, we've been, you know, we had some good results. We beat Bridport by six and, you know, we beat Cadbury Heath 4 0. But all of those sides, it, we scored goals at the right time and, you know, and, and got ourselves out of sight. But, I mean, Piver Park, by, by far and away, the best team in the league, um, we went down there and, very characteristically for us, because of the players that we had available, we shut up shop and tried making it a. You know, a null and, and points at game, so to speak. And, and we got to 60 minutes at nil-nil. And to be honest with you, we had the better chance at that point. Um, we scored an own goal. Penalty was given two minutes later. Goalkeeper pulled his hamstring and we've lost 5 nil But taken, taken that way, and it wasn't a 5 nil game, taken that way, I mean, Plymouth Parkway, uh, by far and away, the best team that, that we've played. Um, again, we went to Bitten with a depleted team, but they've got some, the front four at Bitten are as good as anyone in the league and you can include Parkway in that. Um, I haven't seen a great deal of Tavistock and Exmouth. I actually went to watch a game um, a few weeks back and got stuck on the M4 bridge for seven hours on my way to watch the two teams play. So I haven't seen much of those two yet, but we're, we're due to play those. But they've, had, they've obviously had some good results. Um, but the strength in the league, it's certainly, it's certainly a stronger division than the Wessex. Um, the Wessex has is, is dropped off over the last sort of season or two, and, and the other sides that are in around the Western League seem to be... You know, the top six, certainly, are going to be you know, a force for anyone in, in the VARs, definitely.
1: So if we do come back playing in early December, and I know we all hope that, it looks like Brislington away is going to be your, your first fixture, followed by um, um, a visit of Plymouth Parkway to the Lawns on the 12th. Now, that really will be a mouthwatering prospect for you. Yeah, definitely.
0: I mean, we've, we've had a good game against Brislington already. We, we, we beat them 2-0 at, at the Lawns, and that was a, you know a really good result. Obviously, we've got a, a trip in the Vars to be arranged. I know that was due to be the end of November, um, so I don't know when they're they're sort of sort of pitch that one in. But we're looking forward to playing Plymouth at home. It's a you know it's a, it's a freebie for everybody in the league because they are that that much better than everyone else. Um, you look at their their 2 result in the street and sort of you think oh dear, out are we going to get on? But we we've got a better record at our place than anybody in the division, and that includes Parkway. Um, we're unbeaten in league and cup. Um, we scored more goals than anybody else at home, and you know it's like I said, I mentioned earlier. It's not only is it a wonderful facility; it's a fantastic pitch, um, and we know how to play on it, and we've, we've got a good record there. And we'll go into it, and unlike how we played there, and not giving too much away, but we certainly won't be um, we won't be sh- shutting up shop. We'll be giving it a good, you know, good, looking to give a good account of ourselves, and and hopefully upset them because someone's got to someone's got to beat them in the league this year. I think Showlum were very similar to, to Parkway a couple of years ago in Miles side were the only team to be shown in that particular year um, and everybody else I think they drew one lost one and, and we managed to beat them twice so we'll be going, going there to try and beat them and we'll be going there to attack and we'll be give, hoping to give them a really good game but you know they're on some middle side and it'll be a very difficult game no doubt about that
1: well Richard, it's been fascinating talking to you on, on this week's um, podcast, this is the first time obviously we've ever spoken, so for those listeners unfamiliar with you, um, could you tell us a little bit about your footballing journey to the Cribs dugout?
0: Yeah, no problem, um, so yeah, I've like, like, I mentioned obviously a couple of times in during the, the conversation I was at Allsford for five seasons, um, had a really good record there when I you know, got to three or four cup finals and we were, we were going to be promoted last year to the Seven league and I would have carried on probably for a little bit of time, but due to relocating with the family, my wife um, is from Over the Bridge in Wales, and um, an old work colleague of mine, Gavin Tafton, um, who was previously manager at Cribs, I reached out to him to to just to be honest with you it was networking and, and trying to find out who in the area was, was looking for a new manager because I was desperate to stay involved in football. Um, and that led to a conversation with Cribs, and you know, it's a It's a good club. It's got good people about it, educated people. Um, You know, it was clear to see that after watching numerous videos of the side, there were some really, really good players at the club. Um, And it just, you know, and the previous manager done a fantastic job, Beach done a great job at the football club um, on limited resources, which we still have, um, got the club into sort of, you know, eighth position and and won a cup. And I, I just felt that it was a challenge I wanted to take on, and you know, being the, the type of person I am, I want to better everything that the club has ever done. So we're, we're looking to try and get a best possible finish this year. We, we, we've already gone further than we ever have in the FA Cup, and, and we'd we'll be looking to do the same in the bars. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I've been nine, ten years as a manager. I'm um, only in my mid-thirties. My football, my football days as a football player ended just purely down to my legs disappearing. Ian. Um, <laughs> I was a quick centre forwards uh, by trade, but my once my legs went, I um, I decided that I wanted to go down the management route, and I'm an old school manager, I'm not a, a coach by any stretch of the imagination, um, but yeah, I live and breathe it, absolutely love it, and it's been, a, you know, I've been in charge of Cribs now for seven months, and we've only, <laughs> only played in two of those, so it's been a difficult um, and a different journey than what probably I was expecting, but um, yeah, thoroughly enjoying it, and you know, really looking to kick on, I think the sky's the limit for the club, and you know, we, we, it needed a bit of a shake-up and we feel we've done that. We've I've got a brilliant management team and Aaron Steele and, and Connor Sidney-Adams and, um, and obviously Simon Hartley, who's the physio vice-chairman and does everything at the football club. And we, you know, we feel that we're in a good position to, to really kick on and, and hopefully pick things up with, a, with, a side with, with better resources than what we've got and, and prove that the way that we do things could, could work for us, really.
1: I mean, when you spoke to the club about becoming manager, did they set you any targets? Is there any sort of longer-term aspirations, I mean, outside of the COVID era for what you want to do with Cribs?
0: And they won't mind me saying this. I, I'm, the, I'm the one that set all the targets, really. I, mean, I They feel that they want to be an established Western Premier League side. They've done that. Um, and they wanted someone to come in and, and get them going again after beach. It was a difficult year for the club last year, um, after four, you know, three or four excellent seasons on the beach. and. I came in and said, you know, everything I do in is about winning. Um, I'm desperate to win every single thing that I do, and I want to. You know, I'm no different to any other manager. I want to try and get promoted to the Southern League. That's a that's a difficult task at the club, but it's something that we feel is is, is, is achievable. Um, and we've just you know we've just got to keep keep doing things the right way. Really, like I said, we we don't have the the budgets of. Of, of a lot of the, the clubs in the division, and, and but we've got a real loyal set of players that could go elsewhere and earn money. Um, and and we, we, like I said, we feel that we can get promoted in the second league. It's going to take two or three seasons, no doubt about that. Um, we're certainly not ready for a, for a title push this year, but if we can get inside the top eight, have a decent run in the Vars, and and start, you know, making some noises, and uh, that, that we're here and we're, we're ready to challenge, I think that would be would be deemed a successful season for us, really.
1: Excellent Richard, it's been fascinating talking to you and um, hopefully when when we speak again and um, we'll be back playing football and we'll have some we'll have some games to talk about.
0: Yeah, I look forward to it. Thanks thanks Richard helping you know and hope everyone um, hope everyone stays safe during the during the lockdown and looking forward to seeing you all on the other sides. If you're thinking, Tool station, I know they'll save me money, but do they have all the top brands? You know, DeWalt, Makita, Einhell, Stanley, Myra, Kudox, Nest, and Santex. Yeah. They do. Over 15,000 trade quality products in the range from the leading brands with prices that are hard to beat. If you want a helping hand to save on your next job, try Tool Station. To with over 300 branches, there's always a Tool Station near you.
1: Now, moving into the first division and um, a side that certainly hasn't gone under the radar, Carn Town, had a little blip away at Cheddar the other day, um, but other than that, they've been. Well, they've been in very good form um, since the beginning of the season, and it was the rule of six away at Bristol Telephones on um, on Tuesday night.
2: Yeah, you said three was your, your number of the week. Well, they scored three in either half, so we can go with that. Oh. Uh, a big, big yeah, a big win for for Carl. Um, yeah, uh, goals inside the opening ten minutes. Uh, two of them from uh, Matty Jenkins really set them on the way here. Uh, put them in, yeah, put them in a pretty commanding uh, position. Uh, and then the phones actually had a man uh, sent off. Uh, yeah, which pretty much. Uh, ended their chances. It, it seems um yeah, going against an undermanned uh, uh, team, and uh, yeah, strolled to victory. Really, a couple of goals also from Jamie Walters, uh, and then Josh Bright and Fabian Stanislas um, keeping keeping them keeping them rolling as they go into to uh, yeah to the enforced break. So a six nil win uh, away for for Carl over Bristol Telephones.
1: Well, that was all the excuse I needed to get on Ben Redford. Of course, he's been a great supporter of the podcast since we started Since we started doing this. Ben did so well with the team last season. Uh, and obviously, he's picked up exactly where he's left off um, this season. Um, so I started my conversation by, with Ben by remarking on the fact that the last time we spoke, we were heading into a lockdown and now we're doing it all over again.
3: Yeah, I remember that last call. Obviously, that was um, shortly after the FA's announcement. So, yeah, um, hopefully that won't happen again. But, yeah, another lockdown, so it's all familiar to us now.
1: Now, your form this season has been outstanding. Uh, and um, I must confess that given the players that I know you lost at the end of the last campaign, I, I wasn't certain that you'd be able to, to mount another challenge. But, I mean, you've really exceeded expectations.
3: Yeah, obviously it was, it was going to be a totally different year this year for us. We knew that. The lads who stayed with us... Um, you know they haven't they haven't got too down. They haven't moped about what happened end of last year with the decision, and they've yeah they've really stuck to the plan, um, believe in what we want to do, and they are actually been great. And um, like you said, we've lost I think we lost eight players, and ninety um, percent of those were starters last year, and they, they were yeah they were a big loss. But we've bought another eight or nine in, and they're they're a great bunch of lads. They're into what we're trying to do at the club, um, on and off the pitch. They fitted in well and yeah, credit to the lads really, because we could have easily come into this year, like so feeling sorry for ourselves. But the actually has been spot on. We knew that nothing's for granted in this league. And yeah, they've they've worked hard for every point they've got.
1: I mean, on a serious note, that is a huge feather in your cap for your recruitment policy, isn't it? Because, I mean, not just losing such a large number of players, but, I mean, it was the quality as well. But you've clearly been able to replace like with like.
3: Yeah, so pretty much the spine of our team was taken away. Um, Some have moved on to teams in this division. Some have moved to play higher. Um, One of our players moved over to Canada. So there's a variety of different reasons. But... Myself and Trev, once we knew the, the lad those lads were going, we've uh, worked hard to get some other lads in. That's from the goalkeeper all the way to strikers, and yeah, we're happy with what we've got in.
1: Now, obviously, before we went into lockdown, um, you, um, you played away at Bristol Telephones, and, and that was a real, um, I mean, that was an outstanding result, 6-0 win. I mean, was that, you know, did you go into that game saying, well, look, you know, if this is the last time we're going to be playing for a while, let's make it one to remember?
3: Yeah, it, do you know what, it was a funny, for myself, I I shouldn't really say this, but I sort of struggled to get motivated for it before, just because of, I almost thought, oh, here we go again, football's cancelled for the foreseeable future, but the lads, like I said, the, the attitude they had was, turned out of great attitude, we knew what we had to do, and yeah, without sounding too disrespectful, I think we blew them away really, that's one of our best performances, of the season, um, and after we just said, yeah, great way to go out into the four week break, which we hope it is only four weeks. And hopefully once we return we can carry on that sort of form.
1: I mean, I'm really interested to hear what you you know you just said there, Ben, because you know, I've been speaking to fans over the last week and, you know, we struggle with the loss of our Saturday afternoon football, it's a really important part of many people's lives, um, the opportunity to sort of go to a game on Saturday and see friends. And I think perhaps we forget that players and managers are in exactly the same boat as as, as fans. I mean, you know, you've, you've been through this, you're, you know, you're now going through this for a second time and you had to deal with the very real disappointment of what would have been a historic title win for you last season. You missed out on that. I mean... You know, I know you're a very motivated young manager. You know this this can't this time can't be easy for you.
3: No, it's, it's hard to take, but it's it is what it is. There's nothing we can do about it. That's what I've got to try and keep telling myself. Um, yeah, hopefully the same as last year doesn't happen. But who knows? But yeah, like on the motivation side of things. It gets tough sometimes, you know, when when you think our football's going to stop completely. It's really hard to get yourself going sometimes. But, yeah, we, as a management team and as players, I think we've dealt with everything that's been thrown at us well so far.
1: Well, obviously some teams have coped better than others with the restrictions. I mean, given your outstanding form this season, do you think that's been a factor? Do you think that you and Trevor have been able to manage the COVID restrictions on a match day um, better and that that's given you an advantage against some sides that perhaps haven't come to terms with the new normal?
3: To be honest, that's quite a hard one to answer because I don't know what every other club's doing in terms of how they're managing it. But with us, yeah, the the club's, you know, it's got a great system in to keep everyone safe, whether you're a player or spectator. All the lads have kept themselves fit and healthy. I won't say no one's had it because you never know, but yeah, everyone's been quite lucky in that sense of we haven't had any people miss out due to COVID. Um, but yeah, we've just got to keep following the guidelines and hopefully we'll get as much football out of the lads as we can.
1: Well, the football that you've had so far has been has been very good on the whole, but th- there was that performance at Cheddar. Um, any ideas what happened there?
3: Um, when I think about that one, that's still really disappointed. I can't put my finger on it still. We went there, we had a couple of players missing, but every side did, and I think even they did they were on bad form, we were on great form and it just tells you what this league's about, you can never take anything for granted It's one of those days we struggled to create anything even against 10 men when we did create something there was no conviction in anything we were just well off it and fair play to Cheddar, they got what they deserved in the win and to be honest I think we might have needed something like that um, as managers and as players, I think we can learn from that, not make the same mistakes again. And hopefully, yeah, that won't happen again. But, yeah, that is that is the one blip we've had this year, but seven wins out of eight, anyone would have taken that.
1: Absolutely right. I mean, you're third in the table at the moment. If we can't complete the season on the pitch, do you have a preference um, for how it might end?
3: I'd like to get the season done, completed, I think. That's the fairest way, obviously there's, obviously there's a limited time and but I feel if if we go back on the 5th of December, which is pencilled in for, there is still a, we can get all the games done granted the weather's kind to us um, I had a little look actually, if we complete all the fixtures in until mid-March when the season got called off last year, we'd only be one game less than what we played last year, the season will be extended well it's already been extended by two weeks to what it usually is but I'm sure they'll extend it even more failing that yeah I would like to see some I would like to see them find some way of you know coming in with the promotion relegation to get the new the new pyramid layout whatever they want to do the restructuring sorry so yeah whether it be played team once or um, points per game after a certain amount they I think it's far too easy just to say null no and void. I think last year's decision was a bit a bit rough.
1: When we look at um, those sides that are going to be competing with you up at the top of the table this season, um, which of the teams that you've played so far, which ones have impressed you the most? Uh,
3: definitely backwell, Ashton. They'll be they'll be up there. I expect them to be. Um, they're a good fit sides. So do get some organised, and yeah, they're. They're a hard team to beat, Been a bogey team for us the last few years. Wales, I expect to be up there, although we have good luck, well not good luck, but our results against Wales in recent years have been good, but I know they've got an experienced side and they'll be consistent, they'll be up there, I I expect them to be. Um, They're the two main ones from the teams we played, but to be honest, I'd say there's between ten and fifteen sides at the start of the season would have fancied themselves to get those top four spots. That's how competitive this league is. It's just got better and better every year since I've been there. Anyway,
1: absolutely right. So if we are back playing on the fifth of December, one of the weird quirks of fate will mean that it's the team that you last played that you'll be playing I again. I
3: know, I know, I've seen that.
1: <laughs> um, and then it's Wing Canton away. And the form that they're in, I mean, you know, coming back from a cold start, I mean, that's going to be a real test for you, isn't it?
3: Yeah, um, I know Chris at Winkham, they've they got a really good attacking side, play good football. Um, they're always a tough game for us, and that'll be no different this year. They're very strong going forward, so quite look forward to that game, should it be a good game of football.
1: I mean, given that we've, you know, we're obviously in this month of lockdown, from a manager's perspective, have you got any concerns about the sort of the, the fitness levels or the, you know, the, the, the sort of the, the team play that you know that your that your players will have when we come back in December? Given that you won't have access to them for, for for this month.
3: No, we've got a lot of trust in the players. I mean, we're going to have some sort of fitness. Well, there'll be set target runs over the month um, just to keep us taking over in terms of match fitness you're only going to get out by playing matches so every team will be in that same boat and I'm sure most of the sides just want to get back going straight away
1: and my thanks to Ben for his time now six goals there in that last game and six goals in our next game Hengrove Athletic hosted league leaders Welton Rovers and um well, it was the uh, it was the famous five for Welton on this mm-hmm. occasion, Tom.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for, <laughs> Hengrove obviously have turned it round uh, of late, but uh, yeah, we're, we're no match for Welton in this one. Um, and there was yeah some late drama, which we'll touch on in a sec. Uh, David Regula, he's uh, he's hit some hit some goal-scoring form for for the Green Army. He he opened the scoring in this one as well after 10 minutes. Uh, but then Mickey Parsons uh, headed in Luke Cruz uh, Luke Cruz's free kick uh, to make it one all. Uh, get Hengrove level, uh, but Welton pushed on from there. Uh, Joe Ellis uh, scoring his first for the club, uh, and then Regula scoring again just before half time to make it 3-1. So give it that, give them the two goal buffer uh, going into the second half, which uh, yeah, which proved pretty, pretty important I would say. Courtney Charles uh, extending their lead on, on the hour mark, uh, and then yes, the drama. Uh, the, the floodlights dropping out, uh, the power. I think there was a local power cut, and the uh, yeah, obviously fears that. Maybe the game wouldn't be be able to, to finish on the night or whatever, but uh, yeah, managed to um, yeah, put a put a put a coin in the meter or whatever, and uh, yeah, <laughs> and it kicked up again. So uh, yeah, well, unfortunately fortunately, uh, yeah, got back out onto the pitch, and they managed to add a fifth, as you say, uh, Regula completing his hat trick, um, a spot kick five minutes from time. So he'll be he'll be he'll be exceedingly happy that yeah, um, uh, the floodlights turn back on, and uh, yeah, pretty good. Pretty good end to the, uh, the well, what should we call it the the first part of the season for for Welton, a 5-1 win uh, away at Hengrove.
1: You know that David, he's a regular mm-hmm. on the score sheet, isn't
2: he? he he's turning into one, yeah. I, I'll let you go there rather than myself. Yeah. Glad, glad you took that one. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: um... Right then, moving on to Wednesday the 4th of November and, um, well, Plymouth Park were in action. It was another sellout at Belitho Park, which is something that we've, we're have we not surprised about. It was uh, it was a home win, which again is something that we're not entirely surprised about, but it, perhaps it was the size of the scoreline that really caught the eye here, Tom.
2: Yeah, I think that would be fair to say. Yeah, uh, I believe it's the first double-figure uh, team scoreline we've seen so far this year. I think there's been a few eights and a few nines, but this, uh, yeah... Parkway managed to put 10 past uh past Street last must've been last Wednesday evening in the last 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 uh, official fixture uh, before the lockdown wasn't it so uh, yeah a 10 to win uh, for Parkway just to enforce their um yeah uh, show why they're sitting top uh, with the 10 point lead um going into going into going into the break Street up in fourth as well so probably on paper wasn't the easiest of matches uh, but uh, after 8 minutes uh, goals from Rob Farkins and Craig Veal had put them, yeah, put them, put them two-nil to up Parkway, and they pushed on from there. Veal scoring again, uh, and then River Allen uh, scoring pretty soon after uh, to make it four-nil. Before Ryan Richards slotted home uh, a penalty, and it was after 25 minutes it was already 5 0 so it was uh, <laughs> looking pretty bleak for, for Street unfortunately, and uh, yeah, they didn't didn't really let up despite Street pulling a goal back uh, for Ollie Pearson from the spot. Uh, Parkways Ryan Lane was then actually sent off um, when, when conceding that for picking up a second yellow. So Street maybe saw a bit of respite, but um, yeah, it wasn't wasn't to be. Ryan Richards um, scoring again in first half stoppage time to make it six-one. Uh, before then, he completed his hat-trick um, with a with a, with another penalty. Um, yeah, seven-one. Oscar Latus, uh, striking for for the, for the Cobblers getting their second goal, but uh, yeah, Parkway hot more than holding out they um yeah continue to add goals uh, two goals from matt wright and then uh, levi land with them uh to, into double figures and i believe um i was informed that there was also a, a floodlight failure there that they had to overcome as well pretty late on uh in the evening so uh, yeah um but i don't think it would have would have uh, slowed down part way too much uh, a 10-2 win um over street for them
1: and uh, we conclude with uh, a trip to Sherborne Town. The visitors were Bishop Sutton, not quite the uh, uh, the 12 goals that we've just um, uh, had, but uh, certainly both teams score, so it's goals galore.
2: Absolutely, you took the words right out of my mouth. All right, a one-all draw there uh, between Sherborne and Bishop Sutton. Uh, so yeah, they both take home a both take home a point. Uh, Solskjaer Shearer putting the visitors uh, ahead inside the opening minute, so a really good start for. Bishop Sutton uh, but sherborne managed to yeah grab a grab a share of the points uh, second half penalty uh, from Josh Williams um, yeah leveled it we have a pretty pretty decent crowd uh, at rally Grove um, obviously people coming out I think on the on the final night of uh, yeah football for for a little while so uh, yeah a good ending for both those sides take uh, take a point now
1: excellent well then of course we went into lockdown. Um, and hopefully play. we'll be back um, uh, if indeed the restrictions are lift, which they are scheduled to do on Wednesday, the 2nd of December. Then we'll be back playing after that uh, that date. But um, well, for now, we're going to we're going to have a look at the um, uh, the tables as they stand. I, I don't think um, uh, we're about a quarter of the way through. Um, both campaigns, so I think there's still plenty of football before we start getting too excited about points per game and all that sort of business. But um, Tom, who are the who are the uh, who are the runners and riders in the Premier Division um, as we go into lockdown two?
2: So we've got, as I as I mentioned during the, the round-up, there, we've got Parkway uh, sitting pretty at the top, uh, yet to face defeat. Um, so they yeah and a massive goal difference of 40 which obviously was helped by a 10-2 win but they're on 35 points from 13 matches with 11 wins so yeah they they sit top at the moment we've got tavistock uh, in second they've played 11 one eight of those and they're on 25 points so a couple of games in hand but they're 10 points behind parkway uh, and then you've got quite a few others uh, who've already hit the 20 point mark which i think is pretty good going for this time of the season cribs who we mentioned the great turnaround from them 12 games played, 23 points. Uh, you've got Street, a uh, bit of a bit of a bit of a blip for them uh, last Wednesday, uh, but 22 points from 13 matches, they'll be happy with with their start. Uh, and then you've got the likes of Exmouth, Clevedon, and Buckland, all on 21 points. Uh, they've played a, a yeah variety of number of matches. I think Buckland have played 15, Exmouth maybe yeah, just looking at it, they've only played 10. So a uh, bit of variety there. But those those three are all on 21 points. And then you've got Westbury also on 20 points.
1: And uh, at the bottom of the Premier Division, we have Chipping, Sudbury Town, yet to uh, pick up a win uh, this season. They've played 10 games. They've got two points. Um, Just one point above them, Bridport, they've played nine games. Um, They do have a win to their name, but they've only got um, three points. And uh, I noticed that Bridport have announced a managerial change as well. So they'll be expecting um, things to pick up, I'm sure, when we do get back playing. And then we've got Wellington, Hallen and Keynesham all sitting on nine points. Um, In 17th, 18th, and 19th. Uh, So if we move into the first division, and um, well, I'm sure that the Green Army would uh, would be opting for a final standings finish if we can't uh, continue with this season, Tom.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Ending on a on a real high, say with the 5-1 win, and yeah, it extended their lead uh, to four points atop the table. So they'll be yeah, they'll be over the moon. A couple of undefeated teams. They are obviously one of them. They've played ten won eight of those and they're on 26 points so uh, a fantastic start for the Green Army Caution, uh, they're in second and they've also um, gone through the first phase uh, unbeaten eight games played for them seven victories 22 points so four back from Welton and then you've got Carn, who obviously we've we've spoken to during this podcast they've played eight and they've won seven of those they did suffer the one defeat but they're on 21 points so a brilliant start for them as well uh, you've then got Ashton back while on Wincanton uh, both on 20 points and then Warminster I think uh, yeah yeah fans of them on the podcast are not we so they've got 19 points and they sit sixth so that's the that's how the top's looking at the moment
1: well and there's dear old devices and down at the bottom now they've um, they've changed i wasn't
2: sure if you're going to mention them or not but you've gone there so
1: i have i've gone there well the the the, <laughs> the, the manager has um has uh has changed uh mm-hmm. devices so again you know a little bit like um what i was saying about bridport you know devices fans hopefully it can um, can look a little bit more positively on the sides form when we do get back um, to playing. Um, the good news for Devise is there's four teams in the First Division who've, who've got single figure points uh, Devise Longwell Green, Olden Abertonians, and Bishops Lydiard. Um, so, really, any of those sides able to pick up a couple of wins could um, could certainly move their move their way um, away from the bottom. Um, but Cheddar on 12 points sit in, in 16th. So, there is quite a gap between the bottom four and, uh, and the rest in the First Division. So, interesting times um, in the First Division. Now, just before we wrap up, uh, on social media, I saw a, a, a lovely um, story about um, Bradford Town. Um, they've started a, um, uh, a, a charity, just giving page, and they are the, they will be running and um, collectively 867 miles during the four weeks of lockdown, um, raising money for a local charity called the Hub. Uh, now the Hub. And provide food banks, financial support and guidance, as well as helping people get back into work who have fallen on hard times. So a really excellent charity for the Bradford area, particularly at this time. So I thought that was a really lovely um, gesture there that's being made by Bradford Town. Um, You can find that uh, Just Giving page. Um, if you follow them on on twitter and on the podcast which we we hope to keep going during lockdown it would be lovely to cover some of the more positive stories coming out of our clubs and the league in general um, every week so if your club is involved in any um, charitable work or you've got a you've got a campaign that you'd like to promote please get in touch with me and um, and we'd love to sort of give you your your five minutes of fame and hopefully we can help put a few quid in the uh, in the old coffers as well um so so we're going to be keeping Going on the Toolstation Western League podcast. Thank you very much, as always, for your time, Tom. Um, your latest edition of the uh, of the bulletin is still very much um, with us on the uh, on the Western League website, isn't
3: it?
2: Yeah, yeah same place as usual. I've, yeah, snuck one in last week, a bit shorter version, obviously, which just rounds up the uh, the, the midweek matches we've just mentioned there. So yeah, those are that's up there. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to to getting back back amongst it in a couple of weeks' time, hopefully.
1: Hopefully so. Tom, thank you very much indeed for your time. Pleasure. And well, I look forward to catching up with the listeners on next week's Tool Station Western League podcast.